What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode. My name is Manny, in case you are new here, or welcome back. In case you missed my last video, this is kind of a new setup for you, and you might be a little bit confused. I will briefly explain really, really quick. I think you can assume already, but I started a podcast. It is called Over Easy, and this is what you're currently listening to right now. Um, it's very exciting, and if you want more details, check out my last video or my last episode on Spotify, because that is where I give you all the details about why I started a podcast. So today it is the official first episode of the podcast, which I am very, very, very excited about. I feel like... I don't even know. Like, it feels like it's really real. Even though I already filmed an episode and I already filmed a trailer, I feel like having a first episode about like actual topics is like actually getting started with this podcast and so exciting. I'm very excited. Okay, but first, before we get into today's topic, we're going to do our rose, bud, and thorn, which if you don't know, a rose is basically something good that's happened this week, a bud is something you're looking forward to, and a thorn is something that's not so good, and this is something I want to implement in every episode of my podcast, just for a little catch-up and a little check-in, because I think that's very important. So, my rose today... Hmm... What do I? Okay, let me start with my thorn first. I have two thorns this week, which is kind of not great. My first thorn is that I had a cold sore at the beginning of this week, and now it's like scabbing over, which is what you might be able to see on the video version. Hopefully, the mic covers it a little bit at least. But um, yeah, I had a cold sore this week, and it's really, really annoying just because like I couldn't film. I wanted to film this episode actually earlier this week, but I couldn't because obviously I had my cold sore but then I was like whatever I don't really care let's just do it and that is my first thorn my second thorn is that Vancouver is currently in like a heat dome is what I've seen um being spoken about on the news and basically it is like extremely hot this weekend to be honest Vancouver doesn't get really hot or really cold at all it's kind of like we get all four seasons but like a very mild version of it compared to other places in Canada and North America but this weekend temperatures are supposed to go above like 30 something degrees today and tomorrow so I'm not a fan of that. I like the heat but I don't like that much heat. Uh, it's it, I, Yeah I don't know now now I'm like feeling like I want rain to happen but then usually when it's raining I'm like can it please be sunny so I just want something in between but really mother nature is not giving that to us right now so that's those are my two thorns my bud um my bud is honestly that it's going to be July next week I've been working a lot recently just because that's how it is sometimes and I feel like July is going to be a little bit more chill so that I can spend more time with my friends and like catch up with them because I haven't seen a lot of them in a quite a bit and my rose um my rose today oh my rose today actually is really random yesterday I went to the grocery store with my boyfriend he was just buying his groceries and I was tagging along because I like grocery shopping and we went to TNT which is like an Asian superstore in case you don't know and um, they have this bakery section and in the bakery section yesterday I found this like Korean garlic bread which was really really delicious it was like buttery garlicky with chives and parsley on top and then in the inside of the bread it was like this 
buttery. I can't even figure out what it is, to be honest. It tastes like butter, cheese, and mayonnaise, like all combined into this one fluffy cream and stuffed inside the middle of the bread. And then the bread is so fluffy. So I had that this morning for breakfast and it was very delicious. And that is my rose of the day. All right, that's our brief check-in. Let me know how you're doing in the comments below if you want, because I would love to know about it. Let's get into today's episode. So I have been posting on YouTube ever since I was, I will get into this a little later, but ever since I was in like elementary school. But despite that, I feel like a lot of people online don't really know who I am, especially because I've been more consistent recently in my second and third year of university. You guys really only know about like the university side of me, which I feel like is a very small section of who I am. And I love getting to know about people's life story and like getting to know about why they are who they are and what has shaped them into who they are basically. So today we're going to go over my life story, which is definitely very interesting. Um, Basically going to go over just major events that have happened in my life, things that might have shaped me into who I am today basically. And I think this first episode was really important and why I wanted to do it was because I think it sets up a lot of the biases that I have in my life. Because obviously everyone has a different perspective and everyone lives through issues differently. So I think it's really important when in the future I talk about different issues that you understand why I'm talking about them from a certain perspective. And I think my life story just like gives a little more insight into why I am who I am and like what has shaped me into the perspectives that I hold today and the biases that I hold today. Because it's so obvious I think everyone knows that we all have biases and we all as impartial as we want to be can like are still influenced by a lot of different things in our life. So it's really important to acknowledge that and be aware of that when you're speaking about important issues and also just like living life in general, because it's really harmful to assume that everyone has the same perspective as you. And it's really important to be aware of that, especially in today's day and age. So let's get started. Uh, I've only lived 21 years, so my life is not that full. I feel like I want to do this again in like 10 years, 20 years, and it'll definitely be different because I'm only 21 and there's so much life ahead of me. But um, yeah, I'm ready to get started if you are. So let's start from birth. (laughs) When I was born, I was born on April 2nd of 2000. I wasn't born in Canada. I was born in China, actually, in Guangzhou, which is where my mom's side of the family is from. My dad's side of the family is from close to there. They're from Shenzhen. So um, both of my parents, they're from mainland China and um, like the rest of my family basically is from mainland China. Pretty much everyone in my family lives there. So I am Chinese, in case you're wondering. I get a lot of comments that I look like Filipino or something else, but I am Chinese, in case you were wondering and you wanted to know. This might be a little TMI, but I actually wasn't a planned baby. My parents wanted to wait until they immigrated to Canada to have me, but Apparently, my mom told me that one day on the bus ride home, she was feeling really sick and then she went to the doctor and the doctor was like, oh my God, you're pregnant. That was me, pregnant with me. So I was born. I honestly don't remember a ton of things from my early life. So I guess life in China was pretty cool. But in December of the year that I was born, so 
when I was eight months old, I immigrated to Canada with my mom and dad. We were the only ones in our entire family to immigrate to another country. Um, even to this day, we are pretty much the only part of our family that lives in Canada. Of our like close family, I guess, of me and my mom and my dad's close family, uh, we have like distant relatives that live in Canada and in our area, but pretty much of our pretty really close family, we were the only ones to move to Canada, which was a big deal. I mean, like in that day and age, like moving to Canada, not knowing English was a really big thing to get over and have to like deal with when moving to a different culture. But my family obviously wanted the best for me and their future children. And so moving to Canada, I think, was their best option in terms of business, education, and life in general. So I'm going to fast forward, actually, because to be honest, I don't remember a ton of my life from ages zero to like six. Honestly, ages zero to like 12, I don't remember that well. A lot of my friends bring up old memories and I'm like, ahaha, yeah, totally remember, but I don't actually. Sorry, guys. (laughs) And also a disclaimer is that if I don't go into detail about a life event particularly a lot it's because I want to speak more about it in a future episode so for example my parents divorce a lot of things in my life I want to talk about more but I want to talk about them in a different episode because I think today is just kind of laying down the groundwork of my life and again like as I said before the biases and the perspectives that I hold so um, after moving to Canada so in grade kindergarten, not in grade kindergarten, in kindergarten, I went to a public school and that was pretty chill. I don't have that many memories of it. I just remember like that was the time I had my very, very first crush. His name was Philip. He was like this blonde guy and he was in grade one and I was in kindergarten and we were in like a K to one mixed class. I'm pretty sure never heard of him again because I moved to a different school after kindergarten but Philip if you're out there you know hit me up um just kidding don't because I have a boyfriend but I want to see if he still exists I really like want to see where these people are you know so as I said after kindergarten I moved to a different school and that was because I actually went to a private school starting in grade one my parents weren't like really adamant about me going to a private school they weren't like oh my god you have to go to a private school and that's how you'll succeed in life but they were kind of just like oh let's sign up and interview and see how you do and if you get in you'll go but if not you won't. And lucky for me, I guess I got in and I started going to a private school in grade one. Um, And I think that part of my life from grade one to grade 12, because that's when I went to a private school, really shaped who I am today. And I'm still trying to break out of the bad habits that I have that I've learned from being in a private school, because it is quite an experience, to be honest. I feel like it is. I will definitely talk about this again in the future. I want to do a whole episode on it, but Being in a private school really shapes who you are and also the norms that you think of in society because once I got to university, it was a huge reality check. But anyways, so I started going to a private school and this was kind of be a mishmash of all of elementary school. But when I was in a private school, I kind of always felt a little out of place if that made sense because first of all my private school was in like Vancouver Vancouver and I lived in the suburbs at the time and all of my other friends who were in the private school lived in Vancouver Vancouver so I felt a little like disassociated that way I feel like it's not a big deal but 
it's kind of weird that like, you know, I never invited friends over just because I lived a little further from school and no one really wanted to go to the suburbs part and um, stuff like that. And then later on in my private school years, I found like that I always felt different because I knew that I was privileged to go to a private school. Obviously, it costs a lot of money and I'm very grateful for the opportunities that I had. But in my eyes, I always felt like I was less I was like the poorest out of all my friends, if that made sense. So my parents definitely made enough. And especially as I got a little older, they started earning more money. But even then, like I always had friends who always got the latest iPhone every year that it came out and their parents just drove really, really nice cars or they lived in like huge mansions in Vancouver. But I was never like that. Our family was quite like modest with our spending habits and I never knew if it was because my parents liked to save a lot of money or they were like teaching me a lesson or we just didn't earn enough money or earn like the same amount of money um, as those people that I went to school with. But anyways, that was kind of my life in elementary school. Kind of relating to another part of my life is when I was probably six or seven, I started watching YouTube. So that's a really, really young age. I just remember I would go on my dad's laptop because I didn't have a computer at home and I would just go on YouTube. And this is what I remember the most is when I was like grade, not grade six, when I was six years old, I would watch Club Penguin music videos on YouTube. Uh, More specifically, I would watch people make Club Penguin music videos to the song Bad Day by Daniel Powder. Iconic moment for me. That was probably like the starting stages of me loving YouTube. And that was like how it sprouted in my life. It was at the age of six when I was watching Club Penguin videos. So all throughout elementary school, or not all throughout, I think starting at age like 10, I started like making my own YouTube channel with like the little iPad that I had at home. I would like copy the influencers that I saw online. At the time, it was like Mac Barbie 07, Zoella, those kinds of things. And I would show like my favorites or like, I don't know, whatever like middle schoolers do. Um, And I thought that was really cute, but I would constantly be like deleting my channels. I remember one time it was because someone saw my channel online and commented on my Instagram. And then one of my like real life friends saw that comment and was like, oh my God, you have a YouTube channel? And I was like, oh my God, what the heck? So I deleted my entire Google account at that time uh, because I was so embarrassed and I never wanted anyone to know about my YouTube channels. But inside, I thought they were so cool and so fun that people could make videos and share them online with the entire world. So that was kind of like from grade five to grade eight, maybe I would like constantly be making YouTube channels and then delete them. At this time, I was also very like just shy and kind of insecure as like young children are, I guess. I really didn't like my name for the longest time. So with one of the channels that I made with one of my like childhood friends, I like changed my name and then we made a channel together and it was really, really weird, but I mean, it was an iconic time, to be honest. But that was kind of elementary school. And not much has happened in terms of like trauma, <laughs> which is something we'll get into. Actually, I guess trauma did unfold when I was little. I always knew from a young age that my parents didn't get along the best, I guess. Um, and it really wasn't normal in terms of like when I compared to my other friends. And when I compared myself to my other friends, I was so jealous all the time because I felt like they had picture perfect lives. They lived in a big house. Their parents were like so 
awesome together. A lot of um, my friends' parents had stay-at-home moms because like the dad was the breadwinner of the family. So their moms were able to pick them up whenever they wanted. And uh, they always got the latest phones. They got super cool clothes and all this stuff. And I don't want to make this like a pity party. I feel like it was just a part of my life. But, you know, for me, like both of my parents were always working. Like I was the kid that was always left behind um, after our after school care at school. So it would be like after school care ends at five o'clock, but sometimes my parents wouldn't even be able to make it until like 5.30, which I always felt so bad about because like the teachers had to stay behind, obviously. And that was like, it was only me ever. Like none of my other friends ever like experienced that in my opinion or in my perspective. I never saw my friends like experience that. So it was definitely, I feel like I felt very different and a little bit outcasted when I was in elementary school just because I noticed that like these parts of my life were a little bit different from my friends. Um, And another thing that I felt was really different was like at home, I would see my parents argue a lot. So my parents, they work together in the same industry and in the same business even until now. So I feel like that caused a lot of just tension at home. One of the vividest most vivid the vividest I don't know one of the most vivid memories I remember is they would fight and it was so bad that like I would be the one to get the tissues for my mom because she was crying it was never any abuse or anything like that but I just knew that they would get into really heated arguments just because of business and romantic life I guess so yeah that was ever since a young age I always like kind of had an inkling that my parents parents weren't supposed to be like that, I guess, is what I want to say. And I kind of always knew that ever since I was in elementary school. Okay, so that's kind of my life. Another part of my life that I wanted to share, I just thought of it, is in grade four, we had four new girls come into our grade, which was kind of a big deal because in private school, you only have like a few openings during specific years. So in our year, it was grade one, you get a whole new class, obviously. Grade four, you let in four new girls. And then in grade eight, you let in like two new classes or three new classes. So that was a pretty big deal for us in grade four. We were like, oh my God, like who are the new girls? Like, you know, because from grades one to three, you're with the same girls pretty much. And coincidentally, one of the girls that came in was a girl that also went to my dance studio. And I wasn't even the one that recognized it. It was my mom that recognized her on the first day of grade four. She told me, she was like, oh my God, like, I think that's one of the girls that goes to your dance studio, like stuff like that. And later on throughout grade four, five, six, and seven, we became really, really close. She's still like pretty close with me today. Hi, Cheris, in case you're watching. Um, But that was like really, really awesome because I remember She would take me back to her house after school. She lived in the same city that I did. So we both lived in like the suburbs outside of Vancouver, kind of. And that was really awesome because like we would eat snacks after school and like I would get a ride home early for once and not have to wait until like five o'clock to get picked up every single day. So that was kind of different. And I really, really enjoyed it because also like for me, it was kind of like an opening into the what should have been my private school life, I guess, because Uh, Cheris's mom was a stay-at-home mom so she was able to pick up the kids like give us snacks after school and just take care of us which I thought was really awesome and I was like oh my god this is this is so cool like oh my gosh and then we would obviously go to dance class together um during the weekdays and stuff like that too so that was kind of elementary school in a nutshell not too many highlights but 
I guess I already talked for 20 minutes somehow. So there, I guess there were some important events. But then I started high school. So for my school, it was grade one to 12. So I went to the same private school for high school as well. And in high school was really when I started to develop myself and my identity. Ever since pretty much my entire life, I was always a really shy kid. I was always the one that was like, my mom had to force me to like talk to people and stuff like that. I really didn't like that. High school was, by the end of high school, I was pretty different. I was pretty extroverted or I guess more open-minded and would be more likely to speak my mind. I realized I forgot an important event in my life which was that my brother was born. My brother is seven years younger than I am, so he was born in grade two when I was in grade two. And that was pretty cool. I mean, we weren't super close. We, yeah, I feel like because of our big age difference, we weren't like able to be super close just because like I was literally in elementary school and he would be like a toddler and stuff like that. But that is a pretty major life event, I guess. Uh, Another human added to your family. And I mean, it's chill. We are still chill now. My brother is in grade eight now, which is very interesting. But anyways, I'm going to continue on with high school. I don't know. I When brainstorming this episode, I guess I kind of thought more of my own story because now that I'm thinking about it, there are a lot of other details that I could include, but those don't really revolve around me. So I'm going to try and obviously keep this episode centered around myself because this is my life. <laughs> okay. But anyways, in grade eight, starting in grade eight, obviously high school comes around very fun. Uh, Getting a little older, teenager years, you know, dealing with a little more boy drama, figuring out who you are in life, stuff like that. The biggest sentence that I can use to encompass my high school life is that I was a goody two-shoes and I was above average but not excellent at anything, (laughs) which is kind of sad, but I'm going to go over like the events in high school that I lead me to believe this now. So I guess grade eight and grade nine weren't too eventful in terms of my life. I guess I was just doing school. What did I really do? And grade eight and nine weren't too eventful. I mean, nothing that I can remember really greatly. But starting in grade 10 is kind of when I started to thrive, I guess, in high school. There was just more options available and stuff like that. So I was always the chosen one. (laughs) that's kind of weird to say, but there were a lot of times in high school where there were opportunities where you would have to sign up and stuff like that and get interviewed by teachers and have referrals by teachers and stuff like that. And then you would get chosen and pretty much anything that I thought I wanted in high school, I could get. So for example, at the end of grade nine, we had to apply if we wanted to, to a program called Challenge 10 that was available at my high school. And basically this program is an alternative to PE, which is like gym. And instead of doing PE, you go on camping trips in Challenge 10 all throughout the year. I think we did like six major trips and then like day trips and day hikes and stuff like that. And uh, this program you had to apply to get in. You had to have like good enough grades basically and also like just good teacher references and me being a goody two-shoes and also like pretty good at school not spectacular but good enough I got like mostly A's few B's I was chosen into that program and that was really fun Uh, I loved challenge I think that's when I really sparked my 
enjoyment for the outdoors because when I was younger, my parents never really brought me to any outdoor places. Like I never, if you guys know in the Vancouver area, there's like Whistler, which is basically a huge like ski resort and just like travel destination. My parents never really brought me there just because they were always working and they also didn't really enjoy the outdoors. So Challenge Town is really where I discovered my love for the outdoors and I was really lucky to have been chosen in the first round because a lot of my close friends didn't. They had to, they did like another round of interviews and stuff like that. And most of my friends were chosen in the second round, but I was chosen in the first round, which not to toot my own horn, but I was very lucky and just goes to show that like I was kind of like a teacher's pet and just was a really goody two shoes, basically. Same thing in grade 11 or at the end of grade 10, basically, I applied to be like a club captain for video club, which was like our film club at school. That was one of my interests starting in grade 10. And I got the position, which was very, I was very lucky. And uh, same thing in grade 12. In grade 12, you had the option to be like kind of on student council is what I think a lot of people would think of it as. But it was like a leadership team, basically. There was like the head girl or the valedictorian. There's assistant head girl and then like a team of prefects. And it was like a school-wide vote with teachers and stuff like that. You had to write a whole application, an essay and all that. So I was lucky to have been elected into a leadership position. And I guess... It just kind of goes to show who I was. I was a very like goody two shoes, as I said before. It was just like everyone thought I was nice. Um, I was like really close with a lot of the teachers that I had and just like pretty good at school as well. So I had a good reputation in high school, I would say. But going back to grade 10 was actually probably, it was really fun, but maybe also one of my toughest years, probably. Grade 10 was kind of when, like, my parents officially divorced in my eyes. Uh, They started sleeping in separate beds, and then eventually, after grade 11, before grade 12, in that summer, uh, my mom and I, we moved to a completely different house. So before grade 12, we moved to a new house, which is the one we're in right now, and my dad moved to a separate house basically and I was like oh shoot my parents are actually divorced now I guess like does that mean they're divorced (laughs) Um, they never really told me officially but I could obviously sense what was happening as a grade 11 or a grade 12 I didn't really it didn't hit me super hard at first but I think now as I get older I look back on it and I feel like there's still a lot of unpacking that I have to do of that event because it has left me with a lot of trust issues and commitment issues and stuff like that so those are things that I've worked out in therapy and and I feel a lot like I'm fine about it now I really don't it's just life that's just how it is but at the time I was kind of like oh I don't really know anyone else's parents that are like this why is it just me in grade 10 slash 11 is also when we start thinking about university. I really didn't like my high school because it was so toxic surrounding this topic. Everyone just, it it kind of bothers me to this day, but it's just like so toxic in that like university is such a defining factor of who you are in your later years of that high school. So starting in grade 11 pretty much in Canada is when you have to start thinking about like what am I going to do in the future because that's when you start doing your course selections you have to choose like am I going to cut out all the sciences or am I going to continue the sciences stuff like that and in grade 10 I did film class which was like a half semester 
a half year elective basically and I really really enjoyed it it was so much fun and that got me on the kick that I was gonna go to film school that was my general direction for most of grade 11 and grade 12 I continued taking film in grade 11 and I took a fewer sciences courses I only took biology I was still pretty good at math so I took like pre-calc 12 in grade 11 and then took AP calculus in grade 12 and pretty much I was just setting up my life to go to film school because that's what I thought I wanted. I really liked film class at school. I wasn't making YouTube videos consistently at the time but I did make YouTube videos here and there. Honestly a lot of the videos are deleted now which kind of sucks because I would love to watch back what I made in high school because I can remember some of them now. They're quite cringy but they were like what I thought was cool at the time, you know? And all throughout grade 11, I was thinking that, yeah, I'm gonna go to film school. My dream was USC because obviously USC is like the best film school in the world pretty much. I didn't really wanna go to NYU just cause I didn't wanna live in New York. I didn't like the cold, <laughs> still don't. And yeah, I just like wanted to apply in California. I was thinking I was gonna go there for university. I guess one of the big things that kind of stopped me though was I knew it would kind of be tough on my parents financially because when I was applying to university was when now I became sole custody of my mom. So my dad, he didn't, he still visits and from time to time, but like financially, legally, stuff like that, I'm under the custody of my mom. So I knew that obviously if I go to an American school, it's so super expensive for Canadian students. It's like over a hundred grand per year, I'm pretty sure. So that would be super tough for my mom just cause she was, I think it's quite normal in Asian families for the parents to like pay the children. And then as my parents get older, I have to take care of them. So that was like a big thing. I was like, oh, like, should I? Should I not apply? But I still ended up going for it just because I wanted to see if I'd be able to get in. And then I started grade 12, which is pretty much that starting that time of my life. I remember a lot more. I don't know why. I feel like I just have really bad memory. But yeah, in grade 12, first semester, you're pretty much focused on getting your university applications through. I applied, as I said earlier, to a lot of the California film schools. I applied to USC, UCLA, Chapman, I ended up applying to UCSC as well and I think that was it and then I applied to a bunch of universities in Canada. I have a video on my channel about my university journey but I'm gonna briefly go over it because I feel like that does apply to how I got to where I am. I wanted to go to film school for the longest time so in grade 12 when I was doing my applications all of my American schools were going to film programs. My Canadians were kind of a mix of Bachelor of Arts and film. I think. But as I was getting through the university application process, I kind of realized, oh, film is not as fun as I thought it was. And this is kind of like a defining point in my life because I realized that film for me was fun as a hobby and I really, really enjoyed it, which is why I thought I wanted to go into film. But it, as it started becoming like I had to write about it. I had like constraints on my filmmaking and people were going to judge my filmmaking. That is when it started becoming not fun because I was like, well, no, this isn't 
I don't want to. And I was just like not putting effort into my applications. I remember, I haven't ever told anyone this, but for my Chapman application, I was like on this one page of the application for the longest time. And I thought that was the only page of the application until I submitted that page and I realized there was another page and it was the day before the application was due and I had to submit a film on the second page and I didn't even know until the day before so I literally half-assed filmed this like stupid film I don't even know what it was at this point I don't remember anymore and I did it the day before which you can probably guess is probably really bad it was very bad definitely Uh, and then I submitted it because I didn't care enough to actually put my heart and soul into it I realized I didn't like film school anymore and I didn't want to go So needless to say, I got rejected from my American schools. I actually got into UCSC because I didn't apply to film for that school. I only applied to like Bachelor of Arts general. So I got into UCSC, which is pretty cool. Did not end up going. Obviously, I go to UBC now. And then same thing with my UBC application. So for my other schools, I applied to like Western, McGill, U of T, the regular stuff, I feel like, if you're in Canada. Um, those were all Bachelor of Arts, though, pretty much. But for UBC, I decided to go for the film program. But the UBC application is due quite later than the rest of the applications. I think it was due... I think you submit it in January or December of your grade 12 year. I don't know. It was like quite a bit later than regular schools so by that time obviously I was like oh my god I am sick of applying to film schools I don't want to go to film school anymore and I already locked in that BFA Bachelor of Fine Arts was my first choice for UBC so I literally just stopped my application I just didn't even submit it on that day and then I just put Bachelor of Arts on my second choice hoping that I would get in how UBC works basically is that like they let you know about your first choice first and then they wait until they have some more spots open up before they tell you about your second choice. So obviously I got rejected from Bachelor of Fine Arts of UBC because I didn't even finish the application. So I was waiting for my BA status at UBC and I was like, oh my God, like this is so nerve wracking because for the longest time while I was waiting for UBC, I thought I was going to go to Western. I got into the media information technology I think or something like that at Western it was a BA and I thought for the longest time I was going to go there because I was like oh my gosh I want to move out I want to be myself stuff like that and go to a different school in a different part of Canada that was until in May I think late April I got an email that I got into UBC and I still remember this moment. I was in our grade 12 like lounge. We had like a grade 12 area just to ourselves and I got my email and I was like, oh my gosh, I got into UBC and I literally started crying at that moment. And at that moment, I realized, oh, like I think I want to go to UBC more than I realize. It was just like, I think a bit more stigmatized. That's like a really strong word to use, but People just didn't want to go to UBC, I guess, starting from my school because we were still in Vancouver and it was like literally down the street. My pri- my private school was like 10 minute drive from UBC, to be honest, um, not even. And people just like thought that moving out was better at the time. So I kind of fell into that as well, I guess. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I don't want to stay in Vancouver. I want to move out because obviously who wouldn't? I want to go to Toronto. I want to go somewhere else. But I got into UBC and I was so excited and I was like, I think I'm going to give this a shot. 
At the end of April, I also toured UBC with one of my friends in grade 12. And when I did that tour, I was like, yeah, this is the school for me. It was so beautiful. It was my favorite UBC weather, which is when it's sunny out, but it's not like super hot and it's a little bit windy still so nice I fell in love I was like crying the whole tour because I was just so happy and I was like this is the school for me I am going to UBC for sure that's kind of how I ended up at UBC my university story was I guess a little more different than the rest I didn't really know what I wanted to do and to be honest right now I still don't know what I want to do but going back to other parts of my life in grade 12 grade 12 was also when I got into my first relationship which I think also built a lot of the issues that I still have to this day. It was just like a high school relationship, to be honest. Now that I look back on it, we started dating at the middle of grade 12, in the middle of grade 12, like January-ish. And we went to prom together and all that stuff, like brought him as my grad date. You know how it is in grade 12. And then near the end of grade 12, oh, I guess another tangent, this is going to be kind of unorganized, but this is talking about the end of grade 12 still. I realized that I was kind of getting into that mindset that I feel like I was excluded from as I was talking earlier about with my private school friends. I don't know what happened. I don't know if like my parents started earning more money and stuff like that. I don't know what it was, but I just became really, really stuck in this private school mindset. I was very, very privileged, of course, but I got to drive my own car all of grade 12. So I drove myself to school every day, pretty much like for our spares. We would go out for lunch like almost every time because um, we were done our applications and we had a spare and we could go out for lunch all around Vancouver. Everyone was really obsessed with this one prom dress store in Vancouver and it was really, really expensive. And I feel like I kind of fell into it too. And I bought, I was able to buy like a really expensive prom dress that I've only worn once in my life and stuff like that. And I feel like that was like a really big mm, lead up to a turning point in my life, I guess where I was kind of just stuck in this private school mindset. I was like, oh my gosh, spending money, ha ha ha, don't have to think about it. Like, this is so great. I can do whatever I want. And obviously there that needs to change because I was in grade 12. I guess my mom let me live my like high life for a little bit. But when I got into university, I was like, oh shoot, this is not good. My mom actually got really mad at me for that, spending so much money because it wasn't even my money, it was her money. So sorry mom but that was a big turning point in my life anyways um so then i graduate high school i'm all done high school and it was very fun i'm going to ubc very very cool blah 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 and then i start university for the longest time my high school boyfriend and i we thought we were gonna break up before we got to university just because like we were like oh he's going to a different school in ontario and i'm staying in british columbia long distance is not fun feel like that won't be great for like my first year experience stuff like that but the first day that I moved into my dorm and he left they were the coincidentally the same days like my move-in day to dorm and also his day to fly to Ontario I was in my dorm the very first night don't know why I wasn't out meeting friends because there were probably a ton of events going on but I chose to stay in my room and we got back together and I was like, oh my God, like, I love you. We need to do long distance. Like, please, I can't live without you. Blah, 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 blah. You know, all the all the cheesy stuff. <laughs> and yeah, so I was in a long distance. I can't talk anymore. I was in a long distance relationship for a majority of my first year of university, which I feel like was a big 
part of why I didn't get to meet a lot of people because instead of going out to meet friends and hang out with new people, I would be in my dorm room like calling my boyfriend at night um, and I just really bottled myself into staying with the people that I already knew from high school. I had a lot of acquaintances going to UBC as well just because like I'm from the Vancouver area and I got to meet a lot of people from MUN conferences and just like stuff like that. So I knew a decent amount of people going into UBC, but I really regret that I wasn't more outgoing or just like tried more to meet more people just because I feel like in first year is when people really are down to meet new friends and just meet a lot of people. As you get older into university, into your later years, people just become more independent and more uh, focused on their schedule and their studies or whatever else they choose to do. So it's just not as easy. But going into grade uh, fourth year now, I'm definitely going to try again and just do more on campus because I feel like once I graduate, I won't have these opportunities ever again. But anyways, at the end of first year was my first breakup. My long distance boyfriend and I broke up. I honestly, I don't really remember why at this point. I think I was just kind of like, I felt so sad all the time. I just remember the end of my first year, I was crying a lot and just kind of sad. And I think it was more because I was relying on my ex-boyfriend to fill in this void that I had to fill myself. I think going from a private school for 12 years of your life to university where you meet so many different types of people really was a reality shock. The culture was very different and I just met a lot of people that grew up in different circumstances because growing up in a private school, everyone is pretty similar to you. Their parents parents work really good jobs, they make a lot of money and they're able, their finances aren't a problem to them. You could go on vacations whenever you wanted and stuff like that. And I feel like that really didn't hit me until I was in first year when I think like one of the biggest shocking moments was when I was on like a date after I broke up with my boyfriend. I was on a date and I was talking to this guy and I was like, oh my gosh, like, where have you been? I'm talking about like vacations and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, like, I don't think I've ever been on a vacation. Like, I guess I've only been to Toronto. And I was like, wait, what? That was kind of, okay. I was kind of like, that's never happened to me before. Like, I've never really thought about not being able to go on vacation, I guess. And that's obviously because I was stuck in this little bubble of private school kids my entire life and I never really was exposed to anyone else basically of any other socioeconomic status of any other like city part of Vancouver I really was only um surrounded by like the west side of Vancouver and then also my own suburb I was like oh my gosh wait that's kind of weird I'm gonna go back to after my breakup that was pretty much the end of first year basically so I was really focused on improving myself, being my own independent self by the end of the summer. I had the entire summer to work on myself, do things, go to the gym and stuff like that. That's when I started going to the gym, started weightlifting, and that's really where I found myself. I feel like I was getting more okay with spending time by myself, just becoming more independent and my own person instead of being codependent on someone else and having to rely on someone else for my happiness because spoiler life hack tip that doesn't work you need to find happiness within yourself first before you can ever think about going into a relationship and stuff like that of course a relationship you can grow with your partner and experience more happiness with your partner but if you do not have a solid foundation of yourself your values who you are as an individual before you go into a relationship it will not work out you will never be happy 
in my opinion, okay, this is just my opinion. But anyways, starting in first year, end of first year, I think, is also when I started consistently posting on YouTube. I don't want to bash my ex, but I guess like he was one of the big reasons why I didn't start earlier posting on YouTube. I just remember that like I would try filming vlogs and stuff like that and I'd show him and I'd be like, oh my God, look at this cool edit that I did. And he would just be like, oh, that's cool, I guess. Why are you spending your time on that? And I was like, well, now I feel like a little bit of trash. (laughs) But now that I broke up with him, I was able to start posting on YouTube. I vlogged a lot and I grew a lot that summer, I think. I was just doing whatever I wanted, to be honest, on my channel. I remember I did a lot of like vlogs because I was hanging out with friends during the summer and stuff like that. So it was very, very fun. Again, now that has continued into now where I've kind of shifted my content. But last summer, I was still kind of doing the same thing and I grew a lot. A lot of people joined me on my journey and now I am continuing my journey into the podcasting world and talking about my life, which is very exciting. But anyways, I feel like I grew a lot that summer and just had like finally my own independent girl life, hot girl summer, independent hot girl life. I don't know. I spent more time with my friends. I remember that summer, the first after first year, uh, we went clubbing a lot because the legal age to start going clubbing is 19, which most people turn 19 after their first year of university. So it was very, very fun. We just had like wholesome fun times, but at a club. So still wholesome though. Don't worry. And I feel like going into second year, I was just so much happier in second year. Also, I just had like a few more friends that were going to UBC as well. And then I had more friends to hang out with at UBC. I had like solid friend groups, I would say, and I was able to hang out with them like consistently for lunch and stuff like that. But then I was also okay being by myself. So if all my friends were busy that day, for example, I was okay to eat lunch by myself and just like hang out with myself, which I feel like is shouldn't be such a big deal, but it really was to me because I'd never done that before in my life. And I was like, oh my God, like hanging out by yourself, like that seems crazy. Anyways, that's kind of my entire life story up until now. I mean, uh, during the middle of second year, that's when COVID hit. And then now I'm here almost a year later, more than a year later. I'm going into fourth year this September. So yeah, that's kind of my life. I think it's, I think it's like not super interesting, but interesting enough, to be honest. Um, There are a lot of details that I left out, but I feel like those aren't necessary or maybe I'll bring them up in a future episode when I bring up more of these major life events in detail. But I hope that like talking about my life kind of helped you understand where I come from. Obviously, in my entire life, I have been really privileged and lucky and just able to not have to worry about what I'm going to eat for dinner that day and not have to worry about like helping my mom pay the bills and stuff like that, which I'm really eternally grateful for. And I really don't want to be like bragging about it, but I think it is just a part of my life that I have to acknowledge and be like, oh, I come from a privileged standpoint. And that is where I'm going to kind of be when I talk about further issues and stuff like that. And also just like understanding of my life to kind of shape who I am, I guess, You guys don't really deal with me on a personal basis, but I feel like a lot of previously, at least before I started therapy, a lot of my trust issues and like disappointment kind of fed, started, 
from when I was young and I had to deal with my parents fighting all the time and listening to that as a kid probably isn't the healthiest thing. Oh my gosh, I've been talking for like an hour and it's gotten a lot hotter since I started. So I'm kind of sweating right now. Anyways, that's going to probably be it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed. Let me know what you thought about it down below. Uh, Don't let me know what you thought about my life because those things I can't change anymore, obviously, but let me know about what you think about the podcast so far and stuff like that. I'm getting a little hungry. I'm going to go eat lunch, so I will catch you in the next episode. Make sure you stay up to date with the podcast on Instagram at overeasythepodcast and subscribe to my YouTube because the video versions of the podcast get uploaded here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I love you guys so much and I will see you in the next one. Bye!